For the second week in a row, we are looking at a passage from Revelation, which is not the easiest book of the Bible to read. It can be difficult to understand, and it seeks the imagination of the reader. It's highly visual, it is violent, and it also provides tremendous hope. I was very grateful to study Revelation in depth in my, my Greek class, and I will need many more years to continue to unpack the material from it. In the book, the author John has several visions, like the vision of the exalted Christ, a vision of God in his heavenly throne room, and the destruction of Babylon. In this passage, though, John sees a new heaven and a new earth. The passage you will hear today might be familiar to you. It's often read at funerals, a wonderful passage that gives comfort and hope to those who grieve. In the light of Christ's resurrection in this season of Easter, let us look at this passage and see what it can mean to us today. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. So here's Revelation 21, verses 1 through 6. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I knew I was looking at the wall but I could see on the wall the greenest grass ever and an amazing blue sky. The colors were so bright and so vivid, George said to me. Everything was so beautiful, colors like you could never imagine. There was so much light, so much joy, and I had a deep, deep sense of peace. George experienced this vision as the medical team was frantically trying to save his life from profuse bleeding from the artery in his neck. I volunteer a couple of times a week as a chaplain at Doctors Hospital, and George, not his real name, shared with me his experience while he was a patient there a couple of months ago. With such a look of hope, and even of anticipation for this vision to return. He stayed in the hospital for many days, and I got to hear his story again because it brought him such joy and peace. 
George was back again in the hospital a couple of weeks ago. His physical condition continues to be a challenge, but he looks forward to seeing the green grass, the blue skies, and another encounter with heaven. Having seen what is to come, he now lives with renewed joy. He has a new and much closer relationship with his maker. I've heard a few stories like George's in my hospital work. The look in people's eyes when they describe their vision is so convincing and so promising and so confident. God has wiped away the tears from their eyes. They get a vision of heaven and they bring this vision home to earth. And no wonder why this revelation passage is so comforting at a memorial service. We who have seen loved ones suffering for too long are relieved by knowing that pain and tears will be no more for the dear ones who have left us. It's interesting to look at this passage not only as a comforting one when we're searching for peace, when our beloved saints go before us, but to also hear these words in the light of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is making all things new here and now. Listening to these words as living Christians, we hear the promise of heaven coming down to earth, of God dwelling with God's redeemed people. With Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection, the treasure of heaven is here, given freely for us to enjoy now as forgiven people. It gives us a glimpse of what we get to look forward to and also of what can be accomplished here and now with God working through us when we pursue righteousness, justice, and joy. What would it look like for us to truly live as instruments of God, to participate in John's vision of newness, of sinlessness, of heaven on earth? In John's vision, he says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Notice how Jerusalem remains Jerusalem in new and better ways. There's no new name to this magical place. It is still Jerusalem, God's dwelling place and God's home. Earth has not disappeared and has not been left behind. Heaven comes down to earth. No need to wait for a new place. It is here already. And why did God choose Jerusalem as a place to come down and dwell with its people? Well, Jerusalem, for one, is a city. It is where people live together. It is already the city of the true God, our creator. In this vision from John, the focus is not so much on how the old city became new. It simply becomes a better version of itself. Imagine Sarasota, our own slice of heaven right here at home, minus the crazy traffic in March and the long lines at Olive Gardens. This vision of this new Jerusalem mirrors the garden from Genesis where the creatures of God were originally placed. People are alive, dwelling in community with God, living in peace, in harmony, and there are no more tears. The passage focuses on the now, on a transformation of humanity by the grace of God and through God's transforming actions. And we respond by living a Christ-centered life rather than being so focused on the outside influences that can 
bring the ugliness out of us and keep us away from experiencing heaven here on earth. The pressures of our cultural world can often keep us from living with faithful discipleship. We sometimes look at heaven the same way we watch a commercial on TV about a vacation in Bali that makes us think, hmm, wouldn't that be nice to go there someday? When realistically, God is already bringing heaven to earth and making things new. We can get brought down by current events, but when we catch a glimpse of what things could be, peace between Ukraine and Russia, a life without COVID, a cure for Alzheimer's or cancer, we suddenly have renewed hope for living with joy. And this passage does just that. It shows us what we can look forward to when there will be no more tears, once God eliminates sin for good. And this might inspire us to create a better world here and now through faithful discipleship, right where we are, heaven at home. God works through us to make things new every day. No need to wait or to search high and low. Dave Runyon, the author of the book, The Art of Neighboring, recalls a meeting he had with 20 lead pastors of the Denver area. And the goal of the meeting was to see how the churches might be able to better serve the community if they came together. They invited the mayor to the meeting, and they gathered and spoke about the many problems that most cities face. Kids at risk, abuse, addiction, housing issues, loneliness, housebound elderly, and so forth. The mayor said this, the majority of the issues that our community is facing would be eliminated or drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. So instead of starting new programs to address these problems and using the government to try to resolve social issues, the mayor suggested that relationships are much more effective because they are ongoing. The elderly that is shut in has caring neighbors and doesn't feel alone. A dad on the street can provide tutoring to the young neighbor that doesn't have a father around. Imagine how the church leaders felt. The mayor instructed the pastors to follow the great commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. But having this vision of a neighborhood where everyone cares for one another could lead us towards this new Jerusalem. And while social programs will always be needed, neighbors can help each other defeat aloneness and other problems. Heaven right here at home. If you're a music lover, you probably can agree that some music can get us a little closer to heaven. That feeling translates for me into a physical phenomenon known as goosebumps. The more beautiful the sounds, the more goosebumps I get, and the more I feel like I'm getting a taste of heaven. I have to say that young voices, trained but still pure, can often give me that glimpse of paradise. And don't get me wrong, the wonderful young people I work with are highly responsible for my well-hidden gray hair, and the process can be painful and far from unicorns and roses. 
And of course, with my chancel choir, the wisdom of your amazing voices uh, is always bringing so much, and we have gone through many holy moments together. But the purity and innocence of young voices is a special thing. The singers in my youth choir may be well-trained, but the space in which they sing also contributes to their success. Therefore, the goosebumps. Not surprisingly, we love performing in venues that have some natural echo because a dry, dry room doesn't do much for their voices. We've traveled for nearly 15 years to amazing places in the world, and we have found a few places that bring the highest goosebumps. When our 14 small girls filled the giant stone cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris a few years ago with their angelic voices, uh, we, were, we were rehearsing in the back of the church and it drew tears from all of us as we were preparing for our concert. We all felt what could only be the Holy Spirit running vigorously through all of us. Major goosebumps. I loved hearing them singing in St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans, in St. Patrick's Cathedral in Dublin, and in many, many more places. But I never expected this thing to happen. On our last choir trip before COVID canceled our 2020 tour, I took 20-some kids in 2019 to Quebec, my home province in Canada, and we were highly anticipating our performance in the phenomenal Notre Dame Basilica in Montreal, uh, which is all wooden inside and so rich. The blue and gold interior is stunning, and I couldn't wait for this group to experience the warmth of the acoustics there. However, before what would be the most exciting final performance, I had arranged for a lunchtime concert in my smaller hometown of Sherbrooke in the town's cathedral, into which I had not set foot into since I was a little girl. I didn't remember what it looked like inside. I didn't expect many people to come, only family and a few friends. This would be just a good practice for our big concert. Little did we know that this place would give us the goosebumps of a lifetime. It was the most magical performance we've ever experienced. I'm convinced that I'll never find better acoustics wherever we go. And there it was, the hidden treasure in my hometown. We traveled the world to find it, and it was there this whole time, heaven on earth, right there at home. In the famous little book, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, a young shepherd in Spain named Santiago has a recurring dream while sleeping in the church sacristy that where the sycamore tree grows, a dream that he will find a treasure in Egypt. So he leaves his sheep, he goes through many adventures following signs, meeting significant people on the road, he gets robbed, he finds love, he works hard, he makes money again, and finally arrives in Egypt. Once there, he begins digging where he sees the final sign that indicates where the treasure should be. While he's digging, more criminals arrive and they take his money and they beat him up. Santiago, the young shepherd, explains to the criminals that he kept having the same dream that he would find the treasure near the pyramids. One of the thieves replies, 
oh yeah, I also have a recurring dream that there is a treasure somewhere in Spain in a church where a sycamore tree grows, but I would be very foolish to abandon my life in Egypt to follow this silly dream. The young boy stops digging and returns home to the church where the sycamore tree was growing. He finds the treasure right where his own dreams originated. He traveled everywhere searching for this treasure, but it was home all this time. Heaven right here at home. In Luke 12, 34, Jesus says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This renewal of Jerusalem is an invitation for us to live in the light of the future to come and seeing how God gives us gifts to experience heaven right here at home. Every Sunday, our church prays corporately the Lord's Prayer, as do most churches on the planet. We ask for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We ask for this with the anticipation of the future, although we already get to live in the light of this future today by being faithful servants of God, by listening to God's call for us, by getting away from the status quo, by seeing how God is making all things new every morning. With the Holy Spirit working through us, we get to not only dream of the future to come, but to dwell today in our new Jerusalem, influenced by tomorrow's promise, in the light of God's full glory, knowing that God is in our midst and that heaven is right here at home. Green grass, blue skies, choirs of angels, and a deep, deep sense of peace. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.